in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Oakland A's got their first win of the season. They beat the Dodgers 4-3 to three in extra innings. And Kenley Jansen blew a save. Does the day end in why? There you go. Uh, this is the guy. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I was in the parking lot of the Albertsons uh, pushing reset on the phone, screaming at it. Because when he came in, people might have thought I was a little crazy walking past the car, pounding on the steering wheel. Uh, the only person in the world who continues to think this guy should be the closer is it's bad for the Dodgers because it's the guy who makes decisions. Like, it, it, Dave Roberts obviously is going to the end with him. I don't know why, but this will be, this could be the one. It's like Mitch Moss. Mitch Moss actually tweeted at the game, we finally found the weakness. Not that we didn't know what it was before. Like, this is the one area that the best team could screw this up because Dave Roberts will not relent in his belief or whatever weirdness he has with making Kenley Jansen the closer. Like, this is this is it. And, by the way, just like in the opener, you don't strand 14 runners, you're going to win the game. But, again, it's I, I, I was pounding the steering wheel. People probably thought it was a little crazy in the Albertsons parking lot. Uh, are you ready for Trevor Bauer to get suspended for 60 games for cheating? He didn't throw well enough in the first inning to be cheating. He was all Listen, over the, Maybe they, that was it. There was so much on the ball, it was like flying everywhere. Oh, is that what it was? So a, a ball was removed from the first inning that Trevor Bauer had thrown to be inspected by Major League Baseball. Now, if you were paying attention in the offseason, Major League Baseball is trying to crack down on pitchers using illegal substances when they throw. And Trevor Bauer has basically told everyone that he was using illegal substances the last couple of years to increase his spin rate. So Trevor Bauer's a cheater. He's going to be suspended for the rest of the year. Well, okay, so when does, I assume, they throw the ball out and, what, they send it somewhere afterwards? Because he pitched six and a third. So yeah, it goes and gets it, inspected it, somewhere. So right. I, I'm assuming there wasn't enough pine tar or whatever <laughs> that the umpires <laughs> noticed it. I don't know exactly how the process goes of who calls for the ball to be thrown out and inspected. I'm not really sure, but... Uh, Nothing's probably going to come from this, but we'll see. We'll get to later in the show how when I pounded the steering wheel and I was just so incensed as I was walking Albertsons, we'll get to later in the show where I refreshed another score and it won't be one you're thinking of, where I had a big smile on my face. I said, okay, if it means that happening, we'll take the loss against the A's. What do you think? That's a very confusing tease, so <laughs> I guess I'll find out later. Shut um, it. <laughs> Professional sports could lose their exemption from the live entertainment tax in Nevada. So if you've been to a show or a concert in Vegas, you've probably seen the live entertainment tax that's added on to your ticket price. That does not exist for Golden Knights and Raiders tickets. You do not have to pay that tax when you buy those tickets. But one of our state senators has introduced a bill that would eliminate that exemption, and that live entertainment tax would be applied to Golden Knights and Raiders tickets. Both the Raiders and the Golden Knights have come out uh, and, you know, basically said, we don't like this. Both of them said part of the reason we came to Vegas was because there was no live entertainment tax. So what do you make of a live entertainment tax and the exemption that pro sports have here? 
Okay, there's two major points here. One, I have finally realized why Bonnie's mad our Garth Brooks tickets are being held in ransom because we <laughs> be, appear to be paying a lot of this tax on the Garth Brooks tickets. Dude, let me ask you this because I read the story. It doesn't appear... When you say, hey, this is why we came here, that to me uh, insinuates you are not contractually um, uh, covered here or protected here. So when you're in a state that has lost what this state has and got, you know, just drilled by the pandemic financially, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to feel bad if they if they start getting taxed. I'm just not. I'm Now, again, like I said, you can correct me. I don't get the sense they're protected on this legally. They're just saying, hey, don't do this to us because this is one of the reasons we came there. Um, yep. That's how I read it. You can tell me if I'm wrong. That's how I read it. So if that's the way it is, sorry. Everyone's got to pay a price. It's been a horrible I, time. It's We lost a lot of money. I'm sorry. I will have to go and look at the lease the Raiders signed because there is something in the Raiders lease that allows them to break it if there's a tax applied to the Raiders. And I don't Oh, you mean know, this kind of tax? This kind I, of- I would assume this kind of tax would fall under that, but I can't, I don't know exactly what the wording is or how that would play out. But there might, like, the Raiders might actually be allowed to break their lease if this happened. Now, I highly doubt the Raiders are going to break their lease after the first year because a live entertainment tax was passed. But what I what I thought was interesting is both teams argued, well, the reason we came here is because of this lack of live entertainment tax. And they <laughs> both said that they both said that this is gonna deter the NBA and Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer oh, come on. from coming to Vegas. And I don't buy that for a second. And the reason no. is is because they are simply going to pass the tax on to the fan, to the customer. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, the Golden Knights and the Raiders are not going to lower their ticket prices by 9% so that you pay the same amount when you buy a ticket. They're simply going to leave the tickets the same and just add the 9% on. So the organization, like, it's fine they want to fight it, fight because your fans are going to complain, but they're not going to lose a dollar because of this. It's going to be the fans that lose a dollar because now you're paying 9% more every time you buy a ticket. So it's not going to have any impact on the NBA deciding to come to Vegas because, uh-oh, our fans have to pay 9% more on every ticket. Listen, this just in. They won't be leaving, and all you got to do is head over to the Armory or the Rated Image stores, and you can make it up there. So don't worry about it. Pro sports teams will find a way to get your money, get enough money to where they'll overcome the tax. I could see Silver. They're building this arena. We're getting everything we want. We can charge a fortune for everything, but we don't want to go there because they might tax us. <laughs> Come on. Next question. UNLV Baseball will play Arizona State on April 13th at Las Vegas Ballpark and... Fans can go. Fans can't go to home games for UNLV, but they will be able to go to Las Vegas Ballpark next week to watch them play Arizona State. 3,500 fans are going to be allowed in. Tickets are only going to be 10 bucks. They go on sale on Friday. I, I think this is pretty cool from a UNLV baseball standpoint that they get to go play at Las Vegas Ballpark. And for the first time, fans are actually allowed to go watch them play this year. I think it's awesome. and yeah, They're doing a good job. Um, Coach Stolte and those guys, second place in the league. I, get, I think they're top 10 in the country in average. Um, so he's got it going there. And they beat ASU at ASU, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago. I think it was, or maybe it was last week. So, yeah, they're playing really well. This will be very cool. Um, 3,500 fans. I hope I hope 3,500 show up. I think that'd be cool. When does the – do we know when the AAA season starts? Because they delayed it to, what, uh, mid-May? 
beginning yeah, of May? That's, it's mid-May. And the reason I... Okay. Yeah, because... um. Yeah, uh, the the local kid, I forget his name from, uh, you can help me out, UNLV with the Phillies now. Bryson Stott? Yeah, Bryson Stott. I read something on him a couple weeks ago where they're kind of like, they're just kind of all sitting around wondering where they're going to go, right? What level and everything, and how they're going to start. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, you know, I mean, and the other thing about the cool thing about the minor leagues this year, I think they're going to um, kind of guinea pig a lot of those new rules, right? And see, see them at that yep. level before they put them into the major leagues. I think it's a double-A league. I can't remember. It's going to have the robot up. Yeah. Somebody's going to have robot up. Maybe it's a single-A league. Somebody's going to have robot up. So hopefully that works Good. and they can t- robots Good. can take over for us. Yes. Man, you know, that's a great question. Eric Musselman is a candidate for the Arizona job. So this is from Jeff Forzello, and he tweeted out a list of names that are candidates. Uh, that includes Eric Musselman, uh, Tommy Lloyd, who's an assistant at Gonzaga, Josh Pastner, Damon Stoudemire, former player who's the head coach of Pacific, and Mark Pope, who's the BYU head coach. Uh, any of those interesting to you? Well, we've talked about Eric Musselman before in terms of can anyone – I mean, they can, but you're talking about an SEC school who loves the guy. So it would, it would have to be him, and he's got a lot of ties, as we know, to this part of the country, uh, at USD. He was at Nevada. Um, I think he has family. I know his son goes to college in California. So, you know, I don't know if Arizona could match everything SEC would do financially or otherwise, but it might be a pull for him to get back to this part of the country. That would be the only way. But if I'm Arizona, I do not call anyone until he tells me no. Now, if he says no, then I guess you can look at former Arizona guys. I mean, Damon Stardomai has done a nice job at Pacific. I get the whole poll there of like, hey, he's an Arizona guy. But you know what? You, if you haven't seen Musselman at Reno now to Arkansas, if you don't think that guy's the best guy in that list, and you haven't been paying attention. So I would call him and his agent. What will it take? And if you can't get him, then go on to the next person on your list. Yeah, Musselman is he's, – he's like the perfect coach for the way college basketball is set up right now because he he's probably the best in the country at landing transfers. I mean, he, yes. yeah. Nevada, Nevada was in the Sweet 16 because he went yeah. there and was like, well, I'm going to get some great transfers to come in. And he does the same thing at Arkansas. I think just yesterday he landed another like top he 10 did. transfer in the country. Like He's unbelievable at it. And so if you're hiring a coach, if you hire Musselman, there's no like rebuilding project. The dude's going to have talent year yeah. one. Yeah. And Absolutely. you're going you're gonna to be good. Like, I, like Knowing nothing about what Arizona's roster would look like or what it looks like right now, if they hired Eric Musselman, ah, I'd probably say they're one of the top three teams in the Pac-12 next year. Like, no doubt about oh, it. Absolutely. Just, yeah, just no because of the, the transfers he's going to bring in, they'll all be immediately eligible. They're going to be top three in that conference, maybe win the whole yeah. thing. Like, maybe UCLA's yeah. better. But that, like, that's not good a coach. Yeah. 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 Now, granted, he might leave you in four years if Mike Krzyzewski retires or something like right. that. Like, he's he's not exactly staying places for long, but the dude's unbelievable. And it, it, he's yeah. in the perfect era of college basketball. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. Tiger Woods was driving between 84 and 87 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone before his accident. Um, when I So when I saw that detail yesterday, my first thought was, how was he even going that fast? And in the story the Associated Press wrote, the stretch of road is known for wrecks and drivers who frequently hit high speeds due to the steepness of the roadway. A runaway truck escape lane is available just beyond where Woods crashed. So apparently, 
it's pretty easy to somehow be going 80 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone where Tiger Woods was driving because they have runaway truck lanes. Okay, so this is the part that lost me. And given my driving error, I could have probably shit up. But <laughs> if, you're go- if you're going down that hill, it says that he accidentally hit the gas, right? Well, he got to 87 miles an hour. Even if you accidentally ha- hit the gas, answer is how fast are you going to get to 87, if you know what I mean? Like, I, I, we've all accidentally hit the gas, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, and then you go back to your brake. So it just doesn't make sense that he continued. They said his, they said his foot was to the floor when he, when he you know, hit the divider and went over. So why didn't it go back to the brake? Like, I'm, I'm trying to understand how, that, how he continued to hit the gas. I'm assuming what they mean by that is right before he crashed or when he started to lose control, instead of him slamming on the brakes, he accidentally slammed on the gas pedal. Okay, Not so he's he at, what, was, 60 or 70 anyway. Right. He's probably yeah. going that fast and then and then accidentally put the pedal to the floor and jumped okay. up into the 80s or something. That, that's well, what I assume happened there, but we don't have that exact detail. You, but. You, Yes. They showed the overhead shot last night of where he hit, you know, split the medium and went over and flipped. I mean, that's a pretty busy fair, uh, place there. And he just, he sh- every day he should be waking up, thank God another car wasn't coming the other way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, that would have been a disaster. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So, Tiger Woods, I, I mean, that's what the, what police or doctors said after he, after he crashed. Because yeah. it was a miracle yeah. that he was alive and a miracle yeah. that he didn't die in that accident. So, Tiger Woods, he is alive. All right, coming up next, we will get into some UNLV basketball because their newest assistant coach might be bringing a player with him. Out of control, loses the ball, run down by Zimmerman. And now a blocking foul. Oh, be- oh no! Oh, my gosh! Oh, oh Lisinski didn't give Wamu any room! He sure didn't. He gave him no room! He, matter, he, matter of fact, he was stepping up and bumped into him. Oh, Lisinski's got to give him room to turn around. That is a horrible call! Man. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. So that was John Sandler calling a UNLV game from the 2015-16 season. Yeah, actually, uh, also want to say uh, it's always uh, always good to hear uh, Robert Smith's voice. Uh, we always, you know, we're always, you know, continuing to keep our prayers on Robert and his recovery, uh, and hope that daily, daily things get better with him. So yeah, that was I. I, I don't remember the call, uh, but it's good to hear Robert's voice always. Jared, what year was that from? It does not say. Uh, what what is it? What is it labeled as? Uh, well, when when was Zimmerman there? I, so 15, I heard. I 16? yeah, I heard Wamu. So that that was I think the twenty fifteen sixteen season. Yeah. Okay. It's labeled UNLV highlight. <laughs> so I can search by date created, but it doesn't actually say the date created, and I had it set wrong. And so I was looking for a UNLV basketball highlight, and that was like the first one. And I listened to it, and I went, "Oh, okay, I'm playing that because this is a this sounds like we were they were talking through a, a can on a string," <laughs> which is what our show sounds like every day now that we're at home. <laughs> so hold on, we need the dogs to bark. Yes, we do. We need the key Hernandez. On. My my cat has not been fed, and I might be locked yes, out of my house. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> the best there. So UNLV. Uh, they hired a new coach. Brandon Chapel is the uh, third assistant coach for UNLV. Still have not confirmed if he is in or uh, Tiger King or not, uh, but he might be. 
Uh, but he's coming over from Lamar. And Lamar's best defensive player is in the transfer portal. David Muoka, he was the Southland Conference Defensive Player of the Year last season. And, I mean, it just makes too much sense, right? You hire the assistant coach from Lamar, he's going to bring the Defensive Player of the Year with him, right? Uh, well, for their sake, I hope so, because he's a defensive player. <laughs> and uh, what? tell me more. You'll know more about this, so... Who is David Wook? What, 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 what? Do you know what position he plays or who he is? He's, he's a he's six ten, so he's a he's a center. Okay, he's a, right. he he does two Whoa. things. He does two things really really well. He blocks shots and he's a defensive rebounder. Like he was he was number one in their conference in uh, shot blocking and he was number two in defensive rebounding rate. So Phenomenal, maybe defensively. Maybe we now know Kevin Kruger's going to Twin Towers with David Mooka and Mbake Jean. Well, I was he's going the go other way. I was going the other well, way and saying yeah, maybe we was, know that Bakke Zhang yeah, is gone. Yeah, that's the, fir- the first thing I did think of was maybe this is also what's happening with Bakke because yes. you just, other than his name being David Mwoka, you just described Bakke Zhang. Exactly. So. He is, he like, his skill set with Bakke Zhang is a complete yeah. overlap because, yes. like Bakke Zhang, there's not much going on offensively here for David Mwoka. We're talking the average, I think it was like six points per game last year. He has not attempted a three in his collegiate career. So maybe even less because Mbake Zhang's at least taken some threes in his career. So it is definitely an Mbake Zhang type here, which I guess you could have two of those on the roster. But more than likely, sure. you only want one of those on the roster. Uh, but we, we've talked about a little bit this week. Like, Kevin Kruger's really focusing on defense. Like, like unbelievably, it seems like that is the number one focus and anything else is secondary. Shouldn't he be? Well, I mean, that, that, in, that in shooting. That in, he yeah. needs someone who can shoot. We still haven't like, seen that. Because yeah. if they bring in David Muoka, they will have brought in four transfers and not a single one of them is a good shooter. Hell, three of right, them don't even right. shoot at all. So... Right. You can still find other shooting, right, in the transfer portal. You can still find guys that can shoot, but like you're you're shaping up the roster to have like no shooting. You're shaping up your starting five to have like you know one or two shooters in that lineup, and that's brutal. Now you know maybe in year one it's good enough just to hey make the defense respectable or above average and figure out the offense later. But I don't know. It, it seems it seems strange how heavy they've gone on defense and how much they seem to be ignoring like good offensive talent maybe they just Uh, can't get any of the good offensive talent is there a chance and i assume there is i I, look i think there's a chance and it's a risk obviously it's a risk because uh once a kid even you know um commits to the draft without an agent other schools out there are starting to like try to poach if he doesn't go to the draft but is this a case where there's certain bryce hamilton's coming back and they like the rods of david jenkins coming back (sighs) Yeah, maybe. But I think even in that scenario, Bryce Hamilton's not a good shooter, and David Jenkins is one. So as Ruby's not very happy with that roster no, construction not, either. Yeah. But even <laughs> even in that scenario, like Hamilton's not a good shooter. Like so so even if Bryce Hamilton comes back, you need to put shooting around him because here, right. here's the problem. Hamilton's gonna have the same if Hamilton were to come back to this roster right now, he'd have the same exact problems that he had last year in that he doesn't have any shooting, so defenses are just going to collapse in the paint, and it's going to be, okay, 
Bryce, you're going to have to either score through three guys or pull up for a mid-range jumper because we got seven guys here to stop you. So yeah. even if you're confident Hamilton's coming back, that alleviates a lot of the offensive playmaking concerns. But shooting-wise, it's still it's still an issue. It's still going to be a yeah. problem. So I'd be curious. I will say this, though. On this Brandon Chapel, David Muoka, Lamar connection, I, I think the way Kevin Kruger has hired assistant coaches and if he does, in fact, get David Muoka to transfer here – I thought when he hired guys, he needed to hire assistant coaches that would bring players with them. We've seen it with Carlin Hartman. They've already got Victor Ewalker coming in. They might get some more Oklahoma players. And if Lamar is a, if they're able to get Lamar's best defensive player from last year with Brandon Chapel, that to me was an important way for Kevin Kruger to build his staff because college basketball is short term. You can turn things around quickly. You need the players to do that. Even assistant coaches are here and leaving rather quickly a lot of times. So if if they do, in fact, bring another player with them from Lamar, I like that general concept from Kevin Kruger and UNLV. I want David Mwaka to come. And you know the the media guide? It's like, get to know David Mwaka, right? You know, favorite food, favorite color. And it says favorite TV show, and it just says Tiger King. And you don't know why. (laughs) And you say, boy, why does he like Tiger King? And there's oh. no explanation for it. No explanation for it. Oh, I hope so too. That would be awesome. That, I mean, that would be awesome. That will be spectacular. <laughs> if I listen, I don't. Okay. Am I really going to have to go watch Tiger King to see if this Brandon Chapel is the same Brandon Chapel? Like, I, I, I well, no, I mean, no, not, you are not. Look up the picture on Lamar's website and then think about it. Listen, Jared, did you watch Tiger King? Just because he's black and Joe Exotic is white means absolutely nothing. That means nothing on that show. That would be the least surprising thing that would have happened on that show. I just meant the fact that he's in a suit, but okay. (laughs) They were feeding people to Tigers. The the, the assistant coach ranks below that, but uh, it would be great if Mwaka said that, that, uh, you know, and not telling us why. We could probably figure it out. If he look, I mean, this the original point is right. It will be interesting, and if he comes, uh, and I, he might look if he's coming to UNLV, I would assume the announcement will come fast because his coach is coming. And why would you wait around? Uh, maybe it does us give us give some insight. And Kruger's planning ahead because they know Mbake is like, you know what? I got my degree. I'm going to try to go play for like Mike Ramallah told us yesterday. I think he might be able to go play for money overseas or somewhere, or you know, back home. Who knows? And he might, he might just be done with school. You get your degree and you've been around school a long time. Sometimes guys just want to go on and start things, start their lives. Yes. Well, I mean, when I was a senior in college, there was nothing I wanted more than to be done with college. So maybe if you're playing basketball, it's a little bit different, but I mean, that's, that's definitely something that exists. I assume for everybody, you're like, yeah, I want to get the hell out of here. I got to keep going to class just to play this sport. Like, how about I go play this sport somewhere else where they actually pay me money and I don't have to keep going to class. So that might be it. Like we, I assume Kevin Kruger has more information on his roster than we have. I assume Kevin Kruger knows a little bit more about Mbake Zhang or David Jenkins or Bryce Hamilton than we do, or potential incoming transfers. And that changes the way you look at it, right? If they <laughs> if they land in the next, like, four days, like, two good shooters in the transfer portal, that changes the entire conversation about how the roster looks and where they're going to get shooting and scoring from. So I assume Kruger has a little bit more information. We're just kind of waiting to see it. Right now it looks very strange and not ideal. Does he know anything about anything he knows more than us? <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> 
Yeah, he, he better he better know a lot more than anybody as he's building this roster. <laughs> if not, some, uh, you know, they're in trouble. <laughs> eh, maybe, maybe. Eh, just wing it. That's all. That's what's important. <laughs> just wing it the entire time. So yeah, we'll see what they get. Let's we we just uh, all we need to do, Ed. We need to just go look up all of the transfers that are in the portal that are on that were on a Big Twelve school last year, and then that's the oh, guys that's they're right. looking at. Yeah, I mean, we know they yeah. offered the. We know they talked to the Donovan Williams kid, the kid from Texas. Um, so that's one that we know of. And what Sam Gordon told us earlier in the week that, what was it, Arang, Arang, Garang or something like, I can't, cannot remember his name. But one of the guys on the bench for Oklahoma could be coming here too. So that's two. We just got to find, like, who was on the bench for Kansas State? Does Texas Tech have any transfers with their coaching change? Like, I mean, that's where they're going. It appears going. everyone at Texas Tech is staying. That guy's doing as good a job as anyone in the country. Oh, are they? Oh. I see Oh, every time I see a tweet from Texas Tech, it is Joe Stain, too. I'm like, well, you're just getting the entire team back. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, Darren Millar joins the show. Moose, you just keep on moosing. This doesn't concern you. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Millsy Millard. Good morning, Millsy. How are you? boys what's happening oh so i gotta ask you this do i get to take another victory lap around you because i told you at the beginning of the season they had roster and cap management issues and now they've played three of the last five games without a full lineup no i think i i uh i was fully on board with the uh, idea that they were gonna have to probably play with uh with less than 18 skaters at, at times i don't think there's any victory lap there we all knew they were very tight to the uh, to the to the cap, and any these injuries that aren't long term that uh, that are nicked up injuries uh, were going to cause uh, cause some challenges. If I told you next week on this spot, this show is going to have cap problems, and Tyler won't be able to ask you questions, would you be okay with our cap problems? <laughs> would you be all right? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with any of, uh, of Tyler's. <laughs> Because I'm comfortable with uh, with my knowledge and ability to challenge back and counter challenge back. Yeah, challenge listen. Back. Let me know when they have to play with ten forwards again. How we were expecting to play with ten? There was no chance they were expecting to play with ten forwards in a game this season. No, no, they 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 weren't. I mean that that came up uh, due to the fact of the, the Chandler Stevenson suspension and then uh, uh, an injury. Uh, if that would have happened a week before, then they would have been fine because Alex Petrangelo was still on long-term injury, and then they would have been able to use that that cap space. So it's it's all about timing and and when these uh, these injuries or a suspension happens that, uh, that 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 causes the difficulty. No, of, of course, like in the, in the best case scenario, they they want to play with eighteen skaters. But they were very aware of the potential that they were going to have to play one less. Uh, two is is extreme, but uh, but one less for sure uh, during during the course of the season on on occasion. So okay, um, he's done big things at the deadline before. It's kind of implausible they will do that now in terms of a big name. But with the cap issue, because as we said earlier in the show, to do something anywhere big, you'd have to probably move some guys. Do you right. see it more more chance or not on Monday they do something that that they you know what is their balance now they're not good enough to win it if they don't do something or they believe we're good enough and we have cap issues anyway so we'll just stand pat. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good question, Ed, and I don't think that that anybody knows the answer to that uh, because of the delicate balance with the salary cap, but also where the market is right now. I know that there was a, a bigger deal yesterday with Palmieri and Zajac going to the New York Islanders, but we knew that uh, Palmieri was going to be uh, dealt already, and we know that uh, that Mike Hoffman is going to be, be dealt and Taylor Hall is going to be out. We, we know that there are certain pieces, but the rest of the market is really quiet right now because we don't know. There's more uh, more teams that are in the bubble uh, of of, of the precipice of are, are we in, are we out? We don't know. Uh, St. Louis kind of got themselves back in into it last night. Uh, where where are they? Um, so there's a lot of question marks about teams, uh, whether they want to add, whether they want to sell, and there's the, the, the price just hasn't really been set yet. So uh, I think there's a lot of question marks about the market right now and what that does to, to the Golden Knights is, is it, it kind of puts things into uh, a state of a pause. Uh, if they do something, I would anticipate that it would be late, uh, that it would be uh, in the latter part of, of Monday when things, when the sellers who have, uh, have been holding true to their, to their price uh, come down a little bit and, and, and they're outweighted. Uh, that, that's when I think it'll happen. But it, it, it's almost like... Um, uh, it's almost like they, if anything happens, it's going to be something somewhat significant because a, a salary has to go out to bring mm-hmm. somebody in. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to bring somebody in uh, at the deadline, it's, it's going to be somebody of, of uh, certain value, uh, mm-hmm. like salary-wise. Like you're not going to bring in somebody of, uh, on, on a minimum salary. Uh, it's just, just not. Nobody's going to give that that price up. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is, is if you're going to bring somebody in of significance, that means somebody of of a certain salary on the on the roster is going to have to leave. So that's where I say it's, it it might be of uh, of note uh, the deal, not just a minor tweak if, if they do something. But I'm leaning towards. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something, but I don't think it's going to be major, major. You say significant uh, move would require somebody going out. What are the chances it's a goalie? Uh, I would say zero. Mm. That's no fun. Yeah, zero. But that's, <laughs> when, whenever somebody says zero, it always comes back to bite them. So can I just change that before you guys record it and turn it into a bit? And, uh, and, and I, I, I would say 10%. Okay, oh, just, you went just to just 10. Cover my butt a little bit. Just from zero just to, to 10, I thought you were going to say like one. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one's, one's kind of cheesy and cheap, and it's, it's just not it's just not right. So I'm going to go. If I'm going to change it from zero, uh, and we just deleted that whole whole statement, I'm going to go at ten. Wow. Uh, we will not be deleting anything no, that not. you said, Millsy. Um, you jerks. I, I have another important question for you because I think you, you got mad at me on Twitter and maybe Justin Emerson a little bit too for Monday night's game when they were up 6-1 to one and I was saying they should cancel the third period and just let the players watch the national championship game on the video board. Were, were you upset that I suggested they should cancel the third period of a hockey game? No, I don't think he. I could have gone home early and watched the, the basketball. I oh, so, so you, you, you guys, liked it? You liked you guys, the idea? Well, no, I was upset with you. You 
saying people should tune away from the game, the hockey game, to the basketball oh. game. I don't want that. Oh, but if we're like if we're just getting the night off, the rest of the night off, and going home early, then I'm I'm fully on board with that. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> but I don't want people tuning away while I'm still working. I think that's unfair. Like, How, uh, there's a big difference there. If it makes you feel well, better, I have two TVs next to each other. So you were you were still on my TV. I'm not going to say I was looking at you in the second intermission, but you were there. You existed still. You you know what the great thing and Twitter certainly has its faults, but there's uh, there's benefits uh, from from a news gathering. Like you can see what sort of the, the temperature of of the world or, or our industry. But uh, but for somebody like you uh, who who is generally connected to social media uh, 24-7, you can tune out uh, or change channels and watch your little sci-fi show or your or your, uh, your basketball show, and and Twitter will always bring you back. Like, if, 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 <laughs> if the Blues had scored a couple of goals, you would have saw that on Twitter, it would it would bring you back. So that's one of the, the little benefits of, uh, of social media, that, uh, that you can keep track of things. Before, though, you turn, turn the channel, you forget about the game, and then you wake up the next morning and hear the update and go, what, that, that turned into 6-5? What happened? Sounds well, like my dad. I mean, you, you, could, <laughs> you, you could have been at my house where I was going to change the game to the basketball game and the wife starts screaming, God, no, McKenna's still on the TV. So, you know, that, that's, uh, that's, what happens. <laughs> What's, that's what happens around this house. Um, let me ask you this. You never uh, no, had a chance, should, Ed. You never had a should, chance. No, no, are you kidding? That guy comes on the it's every, TV, every TV in the house is on when that guy's on TV with her. Anyway, <laughs> when you talk about the – we're talking about um, – I know every power play is different. Like, I know you have to take each one. But what have you seen in these 18, or do you see some kind of gauge of these 18 where there's a sense of what's going wrong here? Or do you have to say that's not fair? You have to go each one as it, as you get it. Well, interesting you ask that because last night with Chandler Stevenson coming back, Chandler Stevenson normally when he's been on the power play has been on the second unit. Uh, last night he was on the first unit, and they changed their alignment last night on the power play and went with uh, two players in the middle of the ice and into what uh, is termed the bumper position and uh, like a pinball where you, you give it in there and, and it's kicked back out one way or, or another way. And or or shuttled in uh, on the net, and last night it, it generated some some real chances. It was it was a very different look from what we've seen. The alignment of the Golden Knights power play or the setup of the Golden Knights power play uh, previously, and and I really liked it. I I, I fully on board. I like that style. Uh, so this is just me personally. Uh, I I think it's an effective way, and it gives you a lot of different options. Uh, and when you kick it, uh, instead of going down low, below the goal line, uh, and do that wraparound or, or different uh, ways, you're always in a position that you can get the puck to the net if you want to uh, from the middle of the ice. So uh, I, I thought last night was, uh, I know it didn't score, and it should have scored, and that could have made the difference in the game. It doesn't change any of that uh, in, in the last five games being over. But I do believe that there is... I can sit here and tell you tonight it wasn't just one power play was, was effective uh, right. over the next, but there were significant strategic changes last night that uh, that I think are going to lead to some uh, – like Shadow Stevenson had a couple of high tips that were uh, yeah. that were effective and, and could have gone in. Uh, and, and that's the type of options that you have along with uh, with being able to kick it back out to the other 
other point position. I, I think that uh, that was a big step. See, Darren, this is why you're the perfect balance to come on this show, because you come on here, they haven't scored a power play goal in like two weeks. No, 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 They're no. 0 of 18, and and it's, bang, you're telling us why it's okay and why they're going to be good in the future. No, it's it's uh, like it, last night it cost them. It did. Uh, and and I, 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 I said that. I, last night the power play could have changed the game, and it had an opportunity to change the game. On, on multiple occasions and get them into the uh, into the game and uh, and give them a little bit of uh, of momentum. No, uh, they, they were just as good five on five or better five on five. Momentum. In fact, they they they, they, they <laughs> 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 you guys yeah. see the momentum by the way, by the way. over from Monday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to, uh, hold on, hold on for a second. You said that. You said that on the broadcast. I'm I'm, I'm having the nice spinach salad, and all of a sudden on my TV, all I hear is your voice saying, "Well, no momentum from Monday." I said, "There's no such thing." The, and and you know what? The only thing I didn't say that was in my head was oh, Ed Graney. Ed Graney. Oh God, I'm screaming at the TV. You might as well have been the Dodgers losing to the A's yesterday. I started screaming like a <laughs> lunatic at the TV. <laughs> if, if you ever hear me talk about momentum. Just know that that is there's secretly that is a shout out to Ed Graney. Know that for for sure. But uh, no, the 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 power play has been a concern this year and is still a concern uh, until it'll be a concern until it's not. Does that make any sense? Well, uh, Justin Emerson came on earlier this week and said, the only way you can win is if you win. So, yes, it made perfect sense. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, uh, Justin and I, Justin and I are, are locked in when it comes to this. No, if, if, uh, and, and this is a unit that shouldn't be where it is in, in the bottom third of, of, of the league when it comes to power play percentages. It should be top third. And yeah. so there's there's some major work, and they they've been able to be patient. Um, so you talk about people at, at the trade deadline, and I would love to add another veteran defenseman. I would love to add another centerman. Uh, what what I, another area that I would like? If you had your wish list and no salary cap and all that kind of stuff, I would love to acquire somebody with net fronts uh, presence, not just screening the goaltender, but somebody like I think of Corey Perry uh, uh, who can tip pucks and, and get uh, has an ability to distract the goaltender uh, because he's just greasy and, and I love greasy. Uh, but if you can tip pucks and, and cause havoc in front of the net and that's just an area like Vegas is very skilled, very fast, but, but that's an area that, uh, that not all teams, it's a special skill, not all teams have. He's Darren Millard. He's Millsy. Somehow we always do this where we go way too long with you, but I think that's a good thing. Thanks, Darren. We appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Well, I've still got time if you guys want to continue on. I think we've had our fill Darren Millard. Silence. (laughs) As as, as Jared Justice is trying to bring in a plane on the tarmac right now. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm very tempted just to slowly fade both of you out and just go to commercial. So we are about... Four minutes over. Have a good week. Thanks, Aaron. And uh, bye, Tyler. (laughs) See you, bro. Take care, brother. Take care, Dave. All right. Coming up next, Uh, Jared is somehow our sharp. 
It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. So Jared is our sharp. <laughs> he won yesterday with PSG. They beat Bayern Munich 3-2. to two. Uh, Jared, where would you like to go? I would like the over in the Milwaukee Bucks game. Oh, Lord. oh my go God! You're taking this stuff seriously. NBA game. <laughs> he's oh. he's got a, he's got a little bit of a of a high after picking oh. one game correctly. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna return to me walking into Albertsons, and this is what I was talking about because I'll give up the Dodgers losing to the A's for a day if it means oh. Jared's picking soccer beats beats Tyler's. I was at a huge oh. by the time I got from pounding my steering wheel in the car. To getting the coffee mochas on aisle eight at Albertsons, my my face changed imme- immediately when I realized Jared's pick in soccer beat yours. That that was all I needed what that day. An unbelievably stupid <laughs> game. Oh, oh it's beautiful. God. Beautiful. Okay. Oh, so God. so here here you go. I got some numbers for you on this Bayern Munich oh, PSG okay. game, Ed. All uh, right. <laughs> PSG took six shots in the game. Bayern Munich took. 31. Bayern had 12 on target to PSG's 5. The expected goals were 3.8 for Bayern Munich to 1.4 for PSG. What a stupid game that was. Jared, Jared, is it is it just obvious we were going to get this in a game his team lost? Yep, and it's also yeah. really <laughs> It's just it's really nice that uh Yes. Hockey's yes. a dumb sport when something like that happens. Yes. yes. But soccer, oh, soccer's great. Soccer, incredibly yeah. dumb. Oh, incredibly dumb sport. Oh, it's it's unbelievably dumb. By the way, did you guys see, all right, another dumb part of soccer. The CONCACAF Champions League has started again, and a guy got taken out. Like, he did a flip in the air after he got uh, tackled, and the ref didn't give a red card, even though it was the clearest red card you've ever seen. Two teams started fighting or whatever, but at the at the end of this little shoving match, the referee just walked around the field, pointing at players, showing them a yellow card. He did that to five different guys. It's one of the dumbest but greatest things I've ever seen. Angel Hernandez Jr., now officiating CONCACAF games, <laughs> giving Probably, people yellow cards I mean, don't he'd, deserve them. He'd get paid more. Um, <laughs> He wouldn't have as good a union, I'll tell you that. Not to get us back on track, but did we figure out what the total was? Because I just picked two things. Uh, Are the Bucks uh, even playing? Yes, uh, 226, 226 and a half is the total. And you, you said over, right? Yes. Okay, so you're over 226 and a half. In against the Mavericks. Milwa- against the Mavericks. Again, Milwaukee yeah. and Dallas. So okay. you're, you're in for your next pick, Jared. I don't think... I don't know how an over an NBA game is going to go. I think we've only ever had one person pick the over under in an NBA game, and they won. So you don't know how much you don't know how much I want Jared to reel off twenty straight. I mean, it would be pretty funny. It'd be great. We've been we've been doing this since uh, September of last year, and the highest we've gotten to is eight. So I mean, it would be pretty funny if Jared Justice ripped off (laughs) twenty. Also. It would be funny if Jared Justice ripped off about seven and then decided, I'm going to go bet on this and lost on the eighth one. He, he, he just picked a game where he didn't know if it was happening tonight. 